0: energy so this guy in the fantasy baseball chat is just ripping me he's calling me names for how i handled my team buddy you had 20 weeks for your own team to play better don't be mad at me the passion mac jones is fighting not just for his patriots job but he very well may be fighting for his nfl future the opinions on all your favorite teams. for the red sox it can't always be about next year it can't always be about down the road Where's the team that battles for now? This is the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEV Radio.com. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Happy Week One Friday. Happy Football Talk Friday here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM and FM and WDEV Radio.com. Yeah, we got a short show today. We're up until Red Sox Baseball at 610, but we've got a jam packed show for you phil perry of nbc sports boston is going to be back with us again every single friday this year and he's going to join us here in about 15 minutes talk patriots and eagles you can get in 802-585-3026 on the text line that's 802-585-3026 what a great way to start the nfl season last night how about the upstart lions with a one-point victory over the kansas city chiefs sure travis kelsey didn't play sure chris jones didn't play I don't care. You went on the road. You beat the Super Bowl champions. You're a team that had not won a playoff game in my entire life. Good win for the Lions. See what happens for the Pats on Sunday against the Eagles. Remember, we will have that game for you on DEV coming up immediately following Red Sox baseball. Red Sox start at 1:35 when the game ends. We'll go to Patriots football. Shouldn't miss more than just a couple of minutes of the game at most. Again, Phil Perry with us here in about... 15 minutes. Danny McKivigan producing and engineering the show and the other side of the glass. You're on the text line. I'm here. Lego! Five, four, three, two, one. And here we go. The opening thoughts of the Brady Farkas show are brought to you by Sticks and Stuff and by Swanton Lumber. Vermont's most complete, locally owned home center with locations in Enosburg, Derby, Middlesex, St. Albans, and at Swanton Lumber. They're online at sixandstuff.com. I mention Phil Perry. He's my favorite Patriots insider. He's going to join the show in about 15 minutes. And I will be completely honest with Phil Perry when I, when we talk to him. I will tell him this. That I have spent the first 10 minutes of the show ripping something that that same Phil Perry has said. I'm not gonna hide from this. I'm going to shred what Phil had to say last night on TV. And I'm going to, I'm gonna own it to him. I'm gonna tell him this and give him a chance to defend himself. But I couldn't believe that our guy, our Phil Perry, our favorite Pats insider, our Friday star of the show, I could not believe that last night he went on television and said that basically the Patriots' record this year doesn't matter. The only thing that matters, Danny, is Mac Jones' overall development. Huh? I agree with you there, and I would add this. If Mac
1: Jones looks like he's approaching the upper tiers of his position in the league, not the upper tier, and probably not even the top two tiers, but if he's sniffing, Top ten types of performances as we go through the season. That's enough for me, if you're a Patriots fan, to
0: take a moral victory in any game, week to week. No. No, no, no. Phil, say it ain't so. Please tell me you did not just say that. Mac Jones is in his third year, baby. I'm not into moral victories with him anymore. I'm not into development with Mac Jones anymore. You know what I'm into? I'm into winning games. I'm into getting back to the playoffs. I'm into playing for the AFC title game again. That's what I'm into. The time is gone for Mac Jones to have developmental success. The time is now for results. It is that simple. Okay. If I'm the Indianapolis Colts and I look at it and say, hey, we went 6-11, and but Anthony Richardson played pretty well. I can see the future and it looks pretty bright. That's good. Okay, that team can take a developmental moral victory. If the Carolina Panthers look at it and say, "Hey, we didn't make the playoffs, but Bryce Young learned a lot, played well, you know, got better as the season went on," fine, that's moral victory season. I'll take that. Same for C.J. Stroud in Houston. You know what those guys have in common? They're rookies. This is a win-now league. Rookies, they get the benefit at times, usually, they get the benefit of the developmental clock and the moral victories and the, yeah, but we didn't win, but we played better, and yeah, but we got better down the stretch, and yeah, we played this team close, we just came up short, but that guy showed flashes. The young teams, the young quarterbacks, they get that treatment. You know who doesn't get that treatment anymore For me? A guy who's in year three of a five-year rookie contract. There is not time for development at this point. There is time for results. There is time for now. There's a reason that Mac Jones was given now Bill O'Brien as offensive coordinator. It's so he could unlock success, not so he could unlock maybe success someday. If the New England Patriots go 7-10, and ten, but, yeah, Mac plays pretty well, I, I'll be happy for Mac, but I'm not going to be happy overall, and I'm certainly not going to sit here and say the season was a success. If Mac plays well but the team is bad, I'm going to look at it as a missed opportunity. Okay, Because Mac's their biggest question. So if Mac plays well and the rest of the team doesn't, I'm going to be scratching my head going, what went wrong? I, 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 Phil is as smart as they come. I can't believe that he said that. Moral victories are for rookie quarterbacks, are for teams that were horrific a year ago, not for teams that were in the playoffs two seasons ago, not for a quarterback who's already been to the playoffs. This isn't like Mac Jones won one game and then four games and now can win seven games and we're just good with it. Mac Jones has won ten games in this league before. Mac Jones has been to the playoffs in this league before. Mac Jones has been battling for a division crown in this league before. We need to be there again. Not taking regressive step backwards to putting him in the same lexicon as rookie quarterbacks like Anthony Richardson and Bryce Young. That's where they're at. The freshman quarterback on, you know, on any college football team, that guy's allowed to take lumps and bruises and get better. When you're the senior at Alabama, you gotta win now. And that's where Mac Jones is. Okay, we are closer to Mac Jones needing to get paid $40 million a year Than we are to Mac Jones being a rookie quarterback. Like, let that get through your head, Mac Jones. We need to see results so we know if this guy is the quarterback of the future or if we need to move on. There's not time for moral victories and Phil for Phil to sit here and say that the biggest the the biggest success of this team will not be wins and losses, but Mac Jones's development. To me, is just flat out wrong. Again, I will tell Phil this. I love Phil. I believe we have the relationship where I can be honest with him and tell him I completely disagree with this. But I'm looking for wins. I'm not looking for development. The development should have already happened. The Patriots stunted Max Development last year, but the development should have already happened. We're in year three. This is a put-up-or-shut-up league. Okay? Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, these guys were all hot under the collar by year three. And you know what? The same is going to be the case for Mac Jones, and I'm not letting them off the hook. I'm not letting this team off the hook. I get it. They're up against it. I get it. The division is bad. Or the division is good, excuse me. The AFC is great. I understand all that. The Patriots need to try to be a player in that, not looking at moral victories. I mean, and Tom Curran, Pat's insider at NBC Sports Boston, who's also phenomenal he also was allowing moral victories here in week one against the eagles yes they are folks 27 to 13 and it's 27 to 4 late in the third quarter that's not a moral victory 27 23 with a last second marched down the field by a jalen hurts for a touchdown it's a moral victory I, I mean i don't know we think the eagles are a lot better than the patriots so if they play the eagles close I suppose I could take a moral victory out of week one. I can't take a moral victory, though, out of the whole season and be looking at this like the results don't matter. The results do matter. This is a production-based league. Bar none. Produce or get replaced. The Phil Perry mindset is for Bryce Young, for Anthony Richardson, for Desmond Ritter potentially Who's the quarterback who's starting for his first year, full year in Atlanta? I mean, it's not for me. Not now. The development time is over as far as I'm concerned. Now it is time for results. 802-585-3026. You can get in on the text line. Mark says, you are fired up. I can't wait for the interview. I can't wait for the interview either. Phil and I need to have a little truth-telling session, by the way. Before we talk real football, Phil and I need a little bit of a truth-telling session. I need him to be honest with me about something, I'm going to be honest with him about these comments here because I, I need him to hopefully walk these comments back and say, you know what, Brady, I was wrong. Those com- You're right. The results do matter. I need Phil to apologize for those comments yesterday because I, I just completely disagree with him. The, the New England Patriots are not supposed to be about moral victories. You know, moral victories are for the Cleveland Browns. Moral victories are for the – uh You know, moral victories are for, usually for the Bengals. Moral victories are for the Lions. Moral victories are for teams that are also ran franchises. Hey, the Arizona Cardinals. Hey, you know, we, we went four and 13 this year, but we had a really good season out of our rookie right guard, so there's something to look forward to. That's what, that's who moral victories are for. Moral victories are not for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're not for the New England Patriots. They shouldn't be for the Dallas Cowboys, these proud, Usually successful franchises. I know Dallas is not as successful as those other ones lately, but still. Like, it's like saying the, you know, in the original six in hockey telling me that what's success for the Columbus Blue Jackets is also successful for the Bruins. No it's not. What's successful for the Florida Panthers is also successful for the Boston Bruins or the Canadiens. No it isn't. There's different levels there. Okay, moral victories are for the Miami Marlins, not the New York Yankees. And Phil's trying to give me moral victories are a thing here to be excited about for the New England Patriots. Not true at all. I want the Patriots to beat the Eagles. I don't think they can. I'm worried about it. But I'm looking for them to do it. And, yeah, I am fired up. It's week one, baby. You should be fired up, too. Let's get him on the phone. Let's tell him to defend himself. We need a truth-telling session. Phil Perry, Pat's Insider. NBC Sports Boston with us next on The Brady Farkas Show on DEV. Now it's back to The Brady Farkas Show on WDEB AM, FM, and WDEBRadio.com. Ah, yes, week one of the NFL season. That was a very, very quick break because I need to go right out to the phone line and bring on our guy, Phil Perry of NBC Sports Boston, our Patriots insider, who's going to be kind enough to join us again every week of the NFL season. We love having Fridays with Phil. Phil, off season's over. We are back. How are you? I'm ready, man. I'm so
1: ready for a game. I don't know about you, but there's so much. And I love the offseason, don't get me wrong. But it's just everything changes once you have a game to break down, dissect, see where things are going. So I'm psyched. And there's, there's yeah. plenty of reasons to be psyched. Brady's coming to town. I get to spend Fridays with you, Brady. There's all sorts of
0: reasons to be excited. I'm, sci- I'm psyched about it as well. 425 on Sunday, Patriots and Eagles. We're going to have it for you right after the Red Sox game ends. Phil, before we get into X's and O's, you and I need to have a little truth-telling session. Can we do that before, before we get into the X's and O's? I need to be honest with you about something. I need you to be honest with me about something. I know no other way,
1: Brady. So hit me with whatever you have.
0: One, I told you in the off season I would leave you alone most of the off season, but I'd hit you up at some point. I texted you on July 22nd. I don't get a response back for a month. What were you doing kayaking all summer? I thought I was a big priority to you. I'm more of a paddleboard guy, to be honest,
1: Brady. So uh, it's hard, you know. You don't get the reception out there in yeah, the Nantucket fair. Sound uh, off the Cape the way uh, the way I would like. <laughs> Uh, no, you know what's what's funny and the truth of the matter is, Brady, I have found that text messages have become, unfortunately, and I'm trying to really do my best to get back on the horse now that we're in season and I can't be as irresponsible anymore. But, man, that third kid, we had a third kid in March. Okay. Uh, and I'll tell you, it's like I kind of have run out of hard drive to, <laughs> to really deal with much of anything in my life. Uh, but, I'm, but, like I said, it's September now. Uh, I'm going to be much more professional, I promise.
0: Well, you are forgiven. Congratulations on the third kid. We are very happy to have you as part of the show. You answered my question honestly. It's only fair now that I tell you honestly. I just spent the last 10 minutes of the show ripping your take from yesterday on, on TV, and I want to give you a chance <laughs> to defend yours. I want to give you a chance to defend yourself here. You did not say on television last night that that the development of Mac Jones is more important than the Patriots' actual record. I heard that wrong, right? Tell me that in a results-based league, you're you not telling me the results don't matter. It's a results-based league maybe,
1: Brady, for some. And I think far too often, quite honestly, for owners who will change coaches, call for new quarterbacks, just based on the record, when the reality is there are a variety of factors that go into all of these results. For me, I'm more of a process oriented guy. And for the Patriots to have a sound process and make it back to where they truly want to go, what's more important for their future and their future as a potential championship contending team. That's what the owner's looking for. They need a quarterback and they have to develop a quarterback. You can go 10 and seven this year, nine and eight, maybe sneak into the playoffs, maybe even win a playoff game. But we know they're not contenders this season. We, we understand that. I think most of us, they're not truly in the, in the mix for a Super Bowl. But what might help them get there is having a quarterback who can be a true face of the franchise kind of guy who can handle critical situations, make smart decisions, execute under pressure. And if you can do those things, if you can help Mac Jones become that guy, not this year, but who knows, 24, 25, 26, maybe you are in the mix to be that championship team. It's about the process, Brady, not about the results.
0: I'm, I'm all for process usually, too. I'm less for process in the NFL, and I'm less for process in the guy – that is in his third year, right? Like, we're, we're closer to Mac Jones needing to get paid $45 million a year than we are closer to him being a rookie who's allowed to stub his toe a bunch of times. Like, I, I feel like the development should have already happened, Phil. And the Patriots stunted that development last year. I fully get that. But I feel like the development should have already happened. I guess I'm less patient than you when it comes to football.
1: Well, but here you answered your own question. You, you, you answered your own question. What happened last year, and why was that as grave a mistake as it was, was because they wasted everyone's time, (laughs) including their own, when it comes to finding whoever it is who's going to be this next quarterback to lead them to the quote-unquote promised land. So that's on them. I really don't think that's on Mac Jones. I've spoken to enough people who were in the mix. They were part of the situation last year offensively for the Patriots, and they will tell you honestly – you've just got to throw it out. Don't even try Don't even try to project what Kendrick Bourne is based on what happened last year. Don't try to project what uh, Devontae Parker even can be based on what happened last year. Hunter Henry especially, maybe the most under-the-radar, underutilized player on this Patriots offense last year. And certainly don't look at Mac Jones and assume what happened in 2022 is what he's going to be in 2023 or any indication of who he'll be moving forward in his career. So to me... You're essentially running back, running it back this is year two. lucky for you, you've got two more years uh of Mac Jones' on a rookie contract, and then one year on what is a relatively reasonable Brady relatively reasonable fifty year option salary that thing yeah. is is pretty inexpensive relative to some of the monster contracts we've seen thrown around at that position the last few years so you've got you do have time to figure it out, but you got to stop wasting years like you did last year.
0: Phil Perry, Pat's insider, NBC Sports Boston. He's the best. He's with us every single Friday during the season here on the Brady Farkas Show on DEV. Let's talk before we get into the game. Let's talk about the Tom Brady stuff that's going to happen, I think, in pregame. I think maybe some stuff at halftime as well. It was Scott Zolak who I think rightly said the other day, It's a little awkward, isn't it? Like, Brady's not doing any interviews. I'm not hearing this hyped up as much as I would have thought. It's under lock and key what's going to happen. I don't think he's getting his number retired or he's going in the ring of honor. So what exactly is happening on Sunday?
1: Yeah, they've they've really kept this pretty well sealed. It's very hard to get anything out of anyone within the organization as to what's going to go down here. And I think in some ways they're, they're building it up to a point where it's going to be very hard for them to meet expectations for what this might be, because yeah. we don't know what's going on. I think people's imaginations are now running wild with, Oh, they're going to definitely retire the number. And Hey, maybe there's a statue. And Hey, maybe, it, you know, he'll, he'll zip line in from the lighthouse <laughs> down to midfield and he'll flip the coin to get the game. Like it, it has become this sort of legend in people's minds before it's even happened because there are very few details. Now I do believe there'll be something pregame. There will be something at halftime, which they've done many times before. I'm sure this will be a little bit different because it's Brady, but they're very good now. They're very accustomed to getting that stage onto midfield. Robert Kraft says something. Whoever's being honored says something. And then they hustle them off off basically as the specialists are coming out to warm up. Um, But they have hyped this up. They've said it's going to be something special. So would it stun me if they retire his number? Uh, No, it would not. Would it stun me, Brady, if he was up on the lighthouse, this new – jewel of Gillette Stadium that they are so proud of uh no it would not so maybe he's he's from on high blowing kisses to the Patriots fans that he never really got to say goodbye to
0: Phil I heard Mike Reese say this the other day and it's the biggest piece of optimism I have going into Sunday Eagles didn't play hardly any of their starters in the preseason Jalen Hurts hasn't played in the preseason they've also got two brand new coordinators who have yet to coordinate for this team and for these offensive and defensive units Is that potential rust and unfamiliarity with the field enough to give the Patriots a chance on Sunday?
1: It is. And I do think there's a path to this being a competitive game. And that's part of it. The fact that the Eagles, it might take them a little time to sort of get their feet underneath them. And that's something that, that people within the organization believe as well. That is the source of some, some confidence for them. Hey, we we should be able to keep this close because they didn't even play in the preseason. If it takes them a half, maybe three quarters, to really feel like they're up to speed on the game speed that they'll face week to week to week here in 2023, then, then yeah, they should be able to keep it close. And, Brady, they've also had time to prepare for this team. Much easier, yeah. in my opinion, to prepare for a multifaceted offense, like the one you're going to see from the Eagles when you have months to prepare as opposed to three days to practice and prepare for if you were to see them mid-season. So, on the one hand, the timing is good. On the other hand, and this is what I think will end up being the determining factor in the game, is that the offensive line is in such dire straits right now that I think this is the worst possible matchup at the worst possible time for Mac Jones' protection. You have injuries between Cole Strange and Michael Weno. You have Calvin Anderson, who, like the other two, missed the entirety of training camp. Now, his absence was due to an illness as opposed to the injuries that the other two were dealing with. But that's three-fifths of your projected starting offensive line that didn't practice all summer. And even though some of those guys have reps banked with each other, strange, David Andrews, Michael Wenu, they've got experience, and that's all well and good. You have to practice. Practice matters, especially at that offensive line spot, especially when it comes to maybe seeing some exotic looks. Now, Philly wasn't the most exotic when it came to blitzing last year. They were really middle of the pack in terms of their blitz rate but they're so freaking talented up front and they can come at you in waves. It's going to be such a challenge for this group, which not only might not be hundred percent in terms of the injury situations that they're dealing with. Cole strange and Michael went who limited all week in practice, according to the Patriots injury report, but think about their condition. Where, where is their conditioning at right now? I've heard people suggest, Hey, good idea to go up tempo against the Eagles, keep those big defensive linemen on the field and try to wear them out. Uh, I, I, I guess, But how are your big guys going to respond in that situation? Are they going to be able to stay on the field if you're going no huddle and you're not giving them any rest in between snaps? I don't think so. That, to me, is a non-starter, that kind of approach. So I don't know what you do with this Philly defensive line. I think they are going to win the game for the visitors this weekend.
0: Phil, the, the most common refrain I've heard is because the offensive line for the Patriots is weak and because the line for Philly is so good, is that, well, you just got to get Mac Jones to get the ball out of his hands quickly. Bill O'Brien needs to get the ball out of Mac Jones' hands quickly. That's probably fair, and that's probably true. But my question is, is does Mac Jones have the talent on the outside to take a four-yard bubble screen and turn it into 12 yards, 15 yards, 27 yards? The answer to that all offseason has been no. So I don't then have a hard time seeing where the offense is going to come from.
1: Well, you're right. And so those bubble screens, you know, they better produce four. You know, I think what would worry me is you throw the bubble screen and it goes for negative two. Yeah. That, that would Fair. be the real problem. You know, I, I look at the screen game, which is diverse and which Bill O'Brien has been repping with this offense all summer long to be a big part of what they do, I think, you know, because that, that will not only help you just get some completions and hopefully – if you're a Patriot, push you down the field inch by inch. That also should take advantage of what is a very aggressive defensive front. You use that aggression against the Eagles if you're able to have some success with those screens. But the RPO game, we know, will be a part of what the Patriots are doing now, one of the highest percentages in terms of preseason snaps, which only tells us so much, but is something that they worked on quite a bit this summer in training camp as well, I can tell you. Uh, you know, having that ball out on those quick design throws where it's very simple, even – You know, pre snap, Mac Jones will be able to determine, okay, well, this is where I'm going to be going with the football and it's going to be out of my hands and not two seconds, but 1.2 seconds. And we're going to just take that pass rush completely out of the game. I think eventually, though, Brady, the problem with that kind of game plan is you can get so aggressive as a secondary if you're the Eagles and you can really jam at the line of scrimmage and try to disrupt the timing on those quick developing routes and say, okay, you want to get the ball out of your hands quickly. We're going to be right here at the line of scrimmage waiting for you. We're going to dare you to throw it deep on us because we don't believe that you have the talent to be able to beat us down the field and hit us and and make us pay for being as aggressive as we're going to be with our safeties and with our corners. So there are weak links in this Eagles defense, in my opinion, you know, the linebacker spot, the Dean, very new, played 43 defensive snaps last year as a rookie. He's a complete unknown in the middle of the field. And they have two new starting safeties. One of them is going to be an undrafted rookie from last year, Reed Blankenship. The other, we're we're not even sure who it's going to be. It could be um, Terrell Edmonds, who's Tremaine Edmonds' brother, uh, who's not been great in coverage over the course of his career. He allowed a 130-plus quarterback rating when targeted last year. Sidney Brown from Illinois is a rookie. Uh, He's an option for them at safety. So if they are going to attack through the air, the middle of the field is not a bad place to do it. So maybe the tight ends, Hunter Henry, Mike Gesicki, maybe Ramondre Stevenson in the passing game, that's where they're able to, again, sort of inch their way down the field. But none of those guys are the most explosive in terms of through-the-air options, Brady. So you're going to have to run these 10, 12, 13-play drives that result in touchdowns. You're not going to be able to do it in three or four plays.
0: Phil, I will get you out of here on this, something I haven't talked much about this offseason, but Patriots have two new specialists, rookie punter, rookie kicker. How big a deal is that? I know you love getting into the kicking game, Brady. So it's well, not I, I won't go ten minutes go with, with Belichick on long
1: snappers, but
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: he'll go ten minutes on long yes. snappers anytime you get anytime you open that door, <laughs> he, he would be glad to walk right through it. Um, I, this is a big deal. Now the punter, I don't think it's it's as significant. I, I say that knowing that I'll end up with my foot in my mouth when he's you know taking a plus fifty attempt and pounding it into the end zone for a touchback for a net punt of, you know, 13 yards or, or something to that effect. Like, that that is possible with him. He has a massive l- leg, Bryce Berringer does, uh, but he hasn't been the most fine when it comes to his short area accuracy this summer. So that's one slight concern, I would say. The more significant concern to me is Chad Ryland, uh, because even though he has a big leg, and if they really need to, especially now, warm weather, the, I think the wind is going to be less of a factor at Gillette than it has been because of the new scoreboard. They've cut down on, on I think, uh, some of the air that's coming through there. So that'll be sort of interesting for all the, the real kicking nerds like you and me, Brady, to, to pay attention to. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do think it could impact the play calling. You know, if you have a rookie kicker, you want to treat him with kid gloves. And they did that with Steven Gaskowski back in the day, and they they did not want to put him in high leverage situations all the time. And so if you've got a fourth and one from, you know, the Eagles, 35, and you don't want to try that, whatever it is, 52-yard field goal, then, you know, maybe you would go for that as opposed to other years where you'd be comfortable making that kick. So that that is something to look out for is are they trying to keep him away from some of those high-pressure spots and putting their offense in a difficult situation because of it?
0: Phil, you're the best. Thanks for being a good sport at the beginning. We look forward to having you uh, on every Friday during the season. Enjoy your, uh, your three kids when you're home this weekend for the home game. Enjoy the game on Sunday, and we'll catch up in seven days.
1: Appreciate you, Brady. Talk to you soon, man.
0: All right, there goes Phil Perry, NBC Sports Boston. Phil is the best, man. He is my absolute favorite Patriots insider. I'm thrilled and honored that he comes on this show every single week. Yeah, I gave him a little gruff at the beginning, but that's what uh you know, that's what radio friends can do and uh you know, that's what I think Phil and I are. So uh Phil's great. You know, he's he's great. I won't always keep him sixteen minutes, but for the first time I had to. I got a lot of questions here. Yeah, rookie kicker, rookie punter. That's definitely something to be wary of if you are a Patriots fan. We'll kind of react to some of what Phil had to say. We'll get you the Red Sox lineups. We'll get you on out of here. Red Sox baseball begins in 10 minutes as they get ready for the Orioles. It's the Brady Farkas Show on DEV. Now it's back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEV com. Welcome back in, Bertie Farkas Show, right here on this Friday on DEV. Thanks to Phil Perry from NBC Sports Boston for joining us. Uh, our interview today with Phil, I spoke to Tom Karen, by the way, our Red Sox insider, earlier today. That interview will also be put up shortly on our podcast channel along with Phil, as well as Jack Main, the NBC5 news uh, guy, our NBC5 sports reporter, I should say, who joined us in the midday and afternoon news service to talk a little high school football. All those interviews will be put up shortly. Danny reached out to me in the break. He came over to me in the break and said, man, Phil's really good. Yeah, Phil is really good. That's why he's the best. I mean, I give Phil a little grief about being busy this summer and dogging my text message and all that. There's a reason why we keep asking Phil to come on the show. For my money, nobody is better as a Patriots insider than Phil Perry. And we love having him on and he was great and he gave us a lot of good nuggets there. Rookie punter, rookie kicker, they, they do make me nervous. I, I'm, I am not as big a kicking nerd. As Phil is to sit here and talk about net rating, I'm like, but is it possible that in a punter's first game he drops a snap and all of a sudden the, the Eagles get the ball at the 12-yard line instead of at their own 10? Yeah, it's possible, and that that worries me. Okay, we knew that Nick Folk was consistent; he couldn't really hit from beyond 50, but we knew he was consistently good. And now you don't have him there. We have a guy we don't know, in Chad Ryland, who, to Phil's point, okay, is he a guy they want to? you know, that they're going to be more cautious of. Are they going to go for it when they would have kicked and turn it over on downs? Are they going to punt it away when maybe they would have kicked it with Falk in the path? I don't know. But having rookie specialists is something that absolutely, I think, matters. And it could play into this season, and it could play into this game on Sunday. My gut tells me the Eagles are going to win this game 31-21. to I do think, for all the warts and for all the belly aching that I have given about the Patriots in this offseason, I do think the Patriots will show us something. I don't know what exactly it's going to be, but I think with Bill O'Brien, they are going to look like a more representative offense, and they are going to play reasonably well. Moral victories, whatnot, we'll talk about all that on Monday. I guess it depends on how we get to 31-21. If it's 24-21 Eagles, and then they go down with a game-sealing drive, Maybe I'll feel one way. If it's 24-21 Eagles and the Patriots have a chance to drive it down and Mac throws a pick six, then I'll feel a different way. But I think 31-21 is the final. The Eagles have too much talent, too much offense, right, Hurts and A.J. Brown and the ability in the run game and all the guys that Phil mentions that can get after the quarterback. It's going to be hard. I think the Patriots will show us something. I think there will be a couple of reasons for optimism heading out of week one and into a week two matchup with Miami but I got the Eagles winning it, 31 to 21. Um, Texter says Phil is awesome. I also feel bad though about uh, the rookie specialist because of Joe Judge being on special teams. Yeah, that's something to be worried about as well. Although Judge, Judge, we know knows special teams. Joe Judge just needs to stay out of the offense. That's where everybody hates him. So, but yeah, Phil Perry is awesome, and yeah, that interview will be up shortly. Danny, Red Sox baseball, cue the music. Just because it's football season doesn't mean we forget about the Sox. The Sox are five games back in the A.O. wildcard Card race. Kyle Bradish goes for Baltimore tonight. He's 10 and 6. Tanner Houck goes for Boston. He's 4 and 8. Sox are 72 and 68. O's are the best team in the American League. 88 and 51. Adley Rutschman leaves off for Baltimore. He's the catcher. Gunnar Henderson's at short. Anthony Santander is in right. Ryan O'Hearn is the D.H. Ryan Mountcastle's at first. Cedric Mullins is in center. Austin Hayes is in left, Adam Frazier's in that second, and Ramon Urias is at third. Seems like forever ago that Adley Rutschman was hitting an opening day home run off Corey Kluber, first inning against the Red Sox, I remember it. Alex Verdugo leads off for the Sox. Rafi Devers is at third. Good to see Verdugo back in the lineup. Justin Turner's at DH. Tristan Casas is at first. Adam Duvall's in center. Masataka Yoshida's in left. Trevor Story's at short. And Manuel Valdez is at second, and Connor Wong is the catcher and he bats ninth. Again, spoke to TC earlier, Jack Main, Phil Perry. All those interviews are being cleaned up and put up online by Danny and myself. They'll be up here within the next five minutes. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the Pats Sunday, 425. Go Sox, go Pats. Hope I'm wrong. See you Monday.